Hello, listeners. While recording the next episode, David, Stephen, and myself got to talking about the FTX collapse and its effect on the broader effective altruism community. Because it's talking about events that are still unfolding, we decided to break it out and release it early, so it can be available while this is still relevant. The full episode will release on Wednesday as usual. Thanks. The next thing is, I think that is happening actually right now. It is a story in development, so we are not up on whatever the latest thing is. But have you heard about the whole FTX crypto crash that just happened? Yes, the last I heard was that SBF was missing and possibly in hiding. <laughs> I th- I believe he's actually still in the Bahamas. Uh, we should give people a quick rundown as to what we're talking about. Now, nah, just let him go off that. <laughs> FTX is a uh, cryptocurrency exchange, uh, apparently one of the top three biggest cryptocurrency exchanges, um, with Coinbase and Binance being the other two. Sounds right. Okay. SBF was the guy who founded it and ran it. Sam Bankman-Fried, for those of you who've been paying attention to the uh, EA podcast circuit for the last year-ish. Because his whole thing was he was worth, was it triple-digit billions or double-digit billions? Double-digit billions. Anyway, in any case, this guy was, you know, the an, an elite rich. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, it's all going, almost all of it's going to go to effective charities. Yes. So that's all I knew about him. Yeah. I, I, all I heard about this crash or whatever is that there's a crash or whatever. That's the extent of my knowledge. So the thing that happened is that he ran two companies, FTX as the exchange and Alameda something. I don't even know what Alameda did. But a lot of people gave their money to FTX, uh, like you would give your money to Robinhood or something, to hold on to and do trading with it. Then he took that money and gave it to Alameda, which is his other company, when Alameda was in some huge financial trouble. And he was like, oh, you know what? You just need to bail them out. They can make that money back and then I'll reimburse FTX. No big deal. This is grossly immoral, uh, unethical, against a lot of laws, but just completely unethical to take other people's money and gamble with it. And then if you win, you know, you reimburse them and no one ever knows. And if you lose, oh, whoops, they're all fucked. And what happened was he did lose. Uh, All that money went away. There are now thousands of people who have lost their life savings or a big chunk of their life savings. Uh, I know that a lot of people that worked for FTX really drank the Kool-Aid and put their entire paycheck into FTX whenever they got it, and they have no money now. It it was a huge financial fraud. Um, I believe the Toronto Teachers Union pension put almost $100 million in it, and they don't have money now. So uh, FTX fucked a lot of people really hard to the tune of... Many billions of dollars are, uh, are have been stolen. Bernie Madoff off with. The big thing about why we're talking about this is because this is strongly related to the EA and rationalist community because SBF was uh, in the EA and rationalist circles. He was kind of a hero because he made all this money. Uh, he right now is 30, so he's been making this money mainly in his late 20s. He walked the walk. He was, quote unquote, one of us. Uh, He gave a fair chunk of money to effective altruism and had a future fund set up at FTX to give tens of billions more. Uh, It was planned out. And now there are a lot of charities whose funding is disappeared, uh, including things for like uh, nuclear safety and pandemic preparedness. And a lot of people who were in the charitable 
career tracks that uh, suddenly have had their future financing disappeared on them, which, I mean, it's a risky take when you work in those sorts of industries, but it still sucks. And I guess the big thing for us specifically, why I brought this up, I don't know if this was on the record, but people certainly got the impression that he believed things like it's okay to rob a bank if the cause is good enough. It's possibly... Hey, he's a man of his word. <laughs> yeah. Okay to commit wide-scale fraud as long as the consequences outweigh it by a large, wide enough margin. I was, I was going to make a case. I, I am sorry to keep interrupting. No, go ahead. I was going to make a case at the end of this that, like, you know, this might not have been the worst move for him to make, even though it didn't work out. Because, mm-hmm. like, maybe it was only, you know, one in 10 that it wasn't going to work out. <laughs> and so if he did manage to double his impact, yeah. right, if this went well, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think it sounded like it was going to double his money or anything, but mm-hmm. uh, that this could have had, you know, an expected positive outcome, right? So any economist. R- remind would... me never to loan money to Steven, please. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Inyash. No I'm, problem. I'm, this, is how, this isn't how I work with my money. My money just sits in checking, not doing fuck all. Yeah. A couple of my hot takes uh, have been validated by this saga. One is utilitarians are mostly just using utilitarianism to justify whatever they w- selfishly wanted to do. And the other is don't trust people who are kind of weird looking. I didn't think he was kind of weird looking. He was kind of weird looking. I think he looks charming. Apparently he was also charming if you met him in person. Okay. All right. So the thing you brought up is actually a thing a number of people uh, have said, which is why I'm bringing this up. Uh, That you shouldn't trust weird looking people? (laughs) No, the other thing about utilitarianism. It's mostly the same people that are always saying that. The ones that like to shit on utilitarianism and like, oh, no, it's evil and bad. And all effective altruists and long-termists are actually evil people um, because of the the argument like Stephen made um, (laughs) that, oh, maybe it was a good idea after all. I mean... I think sometimes that might be the case. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna go into examples right now. But I think that's complete bullshit because everybody is saying basically this was awful and immoral, and he's a horrible person. And obviously, it was not worth the risk of burning the commons and destroying, not destroying, but greatly marring both the name of EA and the social trust that people in EA had with each other like this is this is going to be a massive blow to people's ability to trust each other and coordinate because of this exploitation and will it i'll, I'll let you finish but... i i think it will and the thing is there is na- sociopaths who use naive utilitarianism to justify whatever they want as you said right oh it'll have good enough effects in the future that i can do whatever i want right now and that's bullshit More than and, just sociopaths would go on and, and, but that's bullshit and everyone knows it's bullshit and to the matter at hand like eliezer yudkowski wrote in 2008 the ends do not justify the means among humans where he says don't ever do this sort of thing you are not running on trusted hardware yeah but yudkowski and especially sequences era yudkowski i don't know if he's changed this pretty clearly is not like a full-blown utilitarianism no or no utilitarian he, like, he spe- especially if you read methods of rationality like that's a story of a naive utilitarian becoming not a utilitarian <laughs> he specifically has said many times that humans should not be utilitarians okay. they should be like maybe three quarters utilitarian yeah. and the, the pithy joke version of that which i love is um 
all the cool kids are deontologists. The rules say you should be a utilitarian, but being a virtue ethicist has the best outcomes. Cool. Utilitarian is specifically a morality for gods. It's for things who are omnipotent or at least omniscient and can see what all the results are. And uh, humans are not that. So no human should be a complete utilitarian. And I think it sucks that uh, SBF, SBF, right? It's F. Bankman Fried. Fried. Okay. Yeah. Did this. And I think it's stupid that he's trying to justify it with utilitarianism, but also anyone who thinks that this is utilitarianism done right has not been reading or interacting with effective altruism or rationalism for any serious amount of time. So I'm going to steel man the case that this was good utilitarianism in the interest of proving that even good utilitarianism is bad and oh dear. you shouldn't be one. Okay. So if I were Bankman Fried, the way I'd be defending myself is like good utilitarianism requires you to take positive expected value but uncertain bets mm -hmm. and that's what he did he just happened to lose and if you hadn't had the recession and the credit crunch and so on while crypto was still getting off the ground then he would have been the jeff bezos for the next generation of the internet and all of that money would have gone into effective charities that's probably what he would say yes but so everybody disagrees if, with him okay but are they agreeing with him for good reasons or are they just trying to distance themselves from a loser they're agreeing with him for good reasons specifically because humans are running on corrupted hardware and cannot trust themselves okay and also yeah they okay yeah most people aren't making that argument though they're saying no, he messed up the calculations. No, no, they're not. Everyone who's arguing against this is saying specifically that humans can't be complete utilitarians. Uh, Every Everyone is an aggressive claim, and I right. admit I'm, everyone... I'm kind of filtered with my internet bubble on bad EA takes a bit more so than good EA takes. I mean, everyone who has any sort of reputation in the EA community is saying that it's a... Seeing a combination of humans are corrupted hardware and can't make these sorts of uh, calculations, and also that he failed <laughs> because partly because he's running on corrupted hardware of taking into effect the things like burning the commons and destroying trust. And the only reason I think one of the favorite things I saw is the only reason we are such a rich society and we have the ability to have all this excess wealth that we can use for helping other people is because we do have high social trust. And uh, great cooperation. And when you do something like this, you are damaging all that and do it enough times and you'll destroy it entirely. And you don't take that kind of risk, not with benefits this small. Benefits that can be measured in dollars, right? Like you, you, you would do that for something like I will prevent a nuclear... The benefits of having a commons can be measured in dollars. Like the things you're you right. Missed, the thing, the, the things you listed not... are like economic growth and right. you, advanced economies and you stuff. Are correct. Not having a nuclear bomb go off can be measured in dollars as well, but uh, it's a little harder. I'll grant you. Yes, but certainly not something like how much crypto can I reap over the next few years to put into effective charities. I feel like that's going to hurt the crypto enthusiasts more than it'll hurt the EA enthusiasts. Like 
Yeah. As some, as an advocate for effective altruism, I don't find this the least bit disconcerting. Like it's it's a yeah, drag but... that this guy did this, and mm-hmm. it's it it does take money out of uh, places that it you know would have been better off going. Mm-hmm. But like it, it's not like I learned that GiveWell is gambling money away, right? Right. Like th- that's actually that's me actually trying to give charitable money mm-hmm. and somebody lying about what they're doing with it. Mm-hmm. This guy was like, yeah, I'll invest your money safely and smartly, and then he did, which right. is different than like an EA like organization fucking you right so so that's true but essentially if that's where you're taking your comfort then you've given up on doing anything other than preaching to the choir because like the the issue is not that more crypto bros will stop being crypto bros then eas will stop being eas it's that soccer moms will associate both crypto and ea with ponzi schemes Maybe, maybe I'm missing the mark on how popular this guy was. Like I mean, he was I, a billionaire <laughs> quite a few times over. Right, yeah. but most I, I I don't know if soccer moms know who Jeff Bezos I'm is. I'm sure that I'm well, sure, but I'm sure there are some teachers in Toronto who know who he is. I'm sure you know everyone who's met anyone that he fucked over will know who he is forever. But like the thing is, I didn't know who he was until today either. I knew there were several billionaires that got rich in part due to crypto that were financing EA stuff. Uh, but I didn't know his name. I didn't know the details of his company or whatever. I don't give a fuck about crypto. But I know his name now, and I know what he did, and I know his justification. And a lot of people who knew absolutely nothing about this are going to know about him and possibly likely even the connection the connection to ea like i heard about this on npr news yesterday about ftx collapsing and wiping out tens of billions of dollars and did they talk about the ea angle no but that's gonna come out i guess i mean i don't know how much that could possibly hurt the ea community you know unless people are gonna just it's this gonna be like a fox news like holding up this one example of somebody did it wrong and be like look it sucks I mean, I kind of hope they f- focus on the polycule thing because that's a, you know, sexy sex cult angle, like literally <laughs> sex news. And then that'll distract from the EA stuff. But that, that I, would, I think that has as much impact as anything else, as in, that, you know, nothing. He was just a bad, immoral person. Yeah. I, I hope that too, because um, I want uh, poly to become more marginalized so that fuck kink you david also, hang on hear me out okay so that hopefully kink also gets a bit more marginalized because it's becoming too vanilla and i want an instant <laughs> i want uh an injection of punk rock back into the scene yeah that's fair once all the normies are doing it so you said that he's making these justifications that it was the right thing mm-hmm. are we is he actually doing that or is this the speculation that so I was I was jokingly defending like, well, there was an expected outcome that was great, mm-hmm. you know, but is that actually what he's saying? Or is he is he just keeping quiet in the Bahamas like he should be for being this kind of financial criminal? That's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of things he said in the past that are being dredged up. I don't know if that's what he's saying literally right now. I think he's being quiet at the moment and declaring bankruptcy and all that. Uh but and possibly stealing a lot of money. Um but that's something we'll get into in the mind killers because that's like news stuff rather than rationalist talk. Um, one of the things he said a year ago in on a podcast with Cowan was uh, Cowan asked him if there was a button you could push that had a 51% chance of creating a duplicate Earth. You've heard of this. I heard that because I listened to Tyler Cowan, Cowan yesterday. I haven't heard of it and I imagine some of your listeners won't have either. So can you finish yeah. saying what the question was? The question was, you have a button you can push which will make a duplicate Earth uh, yeah. in a 
parallel universe or outside of our light cone or somewhere. So it's not just duplicating effort here. There's actually going to be... You're doubling the utility. You're doubling the lives and the happiness and everything. Like, everything that's good on Earth. Uh, 51% chance it'll do that. 49% chance that all the Earths are destroyed. So either either you spin up a second matrix or you delete this one. Yeah. yeah. Well, not this one. You delete this one and all other matrixes. Assuming there are others. Right? And he said, yeah, I push the button. And he was like, even though there's a 49% chance you're going to destroy Earth? And he's like... Yeah, it's it's net positive utility. You'd be dumb not to. He's like, okay, well then after that, you're presented the button again. And he's like, well then you push it again. Now you have four Earths. And he's like, or you have no Earths. You can just St. Petersburg paradox your way into having wiping out all human life. And he's like, or you St. Petersburg paradox your way into having infinite utility. Checkmate, atheists. <laughs> this, this is why I don't like utilitarianism. That... That's not util. That's not good utilitarianism. Thank you, because I, you know, as somebody who likes who likes pointing fun at like religious people, I wouldn't point like I'm. It's it's high school edge lord to point at like the suicide bomber and be like, that's why I don't like religion. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, that's an edge case as to why I don't like it, but mm-hmm. it's more like that. That is not the representative sample of the average religious person, right? Right. And so this guy, I feel like if he's doubling down on the fifty-one percent thing over and over, I feel like he might just be trolling, right? I think that's how he lost all the money and okay, wiped well, out at least... tens of thousands of people and uh, ruined things. All right. So if he if he if he sticks to his guns in the Bahamas, and he's like, "No, I made the right call. You know, it was the it was the expectedly good outcome." Then it's like, "All right, this guy is kind of nutter butters and he sucks." Sorry. Let Let's rewind to the uh, that's not good utilitarianism thing. How is that not a blatant no true Scotsman fallacy? Like you're just drawing a circle around all the obvious implications of utilitarianism that suck mm-hmm. and declaring them not real utilitarianism. Basically. Which sure, on that gra- on those grounds, I guess I'll endorse <laughs> utilitarianism, but that's basically just going to cash out as virtue ethics. So the but with a lot more computational intractability. It, it, I think in general, my my thing where like I'll I'll draw a circle around something and say this is not part of the thing that I consider in utilitarianism is like the things that often, with not a number attached to often, produce bad outcomes. Like this move that this guy that SBF did. Uh, produced a very bad outcome and if if you were to, the kind of person if this is the way that you knew the world operated or you wanted it to operate nobody would invest in companies like that right, right. um nobody would would save their money at a bank because the bank also invests your money right mm-hmm. like this this would actually be terrible and yeah. so if it has a terrible outcome i think it's not a very utilitarian thing to endorse right the actual utilitarian calculation is if you keep pushing that button eventually you're going to get a universe with zero earths because they all get destroyed which is negative utility so you don't push the button that's the problem with naive utilitarianism it's super naive and and doesn't do anything and it's also why humans can't do utilitarianism because you often can't actually calculate everything like in this case it's super simple to calculate oh yeah pretty soon you're going to wipe out everyone so that's stupid and don't do it but there's some cases that are a little bit harder I don't think this was one of those hard cases. I think this was like him just wanting to make a lot of money and uh, not wanting to admit that his other company was failing and being driven by ego and then, you know, post hoc rationalizing it. This is not utilitarianism at all. This is just someone being an egomaniacal idiot. Okay, sure. But if this isn't utilitarianism at all, and this is the most utilitarianism-like thing that humans can run on our meat brains... Then shouldn't we just give up on the project? Well, 
No. I mean, as was said before, humans should not do utilitarianism. Okay. They should do maybe three-fourths of the way there and actually stick with things like virtue ethics or deontology or something. I think that that's basically the, the right approach. I mean, like, you know, you, you can do the utilitarian thing while still sticking to, like, certain axioms that seem to make a lot of sense. Like, I'm not going to violate the dignity of, you know, somebody else or a stranger or a group of them. I will take no chances in destroying the world while doing my my thing but i'm also like if i've got a thousand dollars that i wanted to give to charity for the holidays or whatever i'm not going to give it to the salvation army guy outside king supers right mm-hmm. i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna give it to an effective charity that'll save people mm-hmm. right? all right yeah, yeah it sounds like we pretty much agree oh i think that. we totally agree <laughs> I, I i'm just again i'm still kind of riled I up think, i guess if you're on board with that i don't see why you're not on board with howell's argument but I guess you were also getting that second hand from the podcast and not just reading the article itself. Well, I, I was getting it firsthand from him. For the listeners, before we started recording, uh, we were talking about Hole's argument on a podcast with Lex Friedman. Was it Lex Friedman? No, it was uh, Russ Roberts. Oh, Russ Roberts. Talks. Okay. So Eric Hole wrote a Substack article on why effective altruism is bad. I assume it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. It's because they're not giving money to Eric Hole. Well, I mean, th- if... Maybe Dessay is more coherent than him, like talking about it. But he he was just being the most like ridiculously disingenuous straw man wielding person I've seen since I watched Dinesh D'Souza debate Peter Singer in two thousand seven. Like, Which is basically what's happening right now with SBF and people saying this is why EAs are evil. But also, it's a simple enough argument that people are going to be like, oh yeah, this pattern matches to what all the villains do in movies, where they're like, oh, it's for the greater good, therefore I will commit atrocities. So I, I have not listened to the podcast. I have read the article and I found it not particularly straw manny or incoherent. So probably he's just not, uh, not good at doing the interview thing. Um, and just like couldn't present it as a conversation. Sounds good. No, I'll definitely read it. I mean, I'm intrigued. And he, he did say a couple times, like, you know, I'm just doing this from memory, so I might be wrong. But then he would go on, they would go on to like discuss that for 10 minutes. And it's like, you were actually wrong. Mm-hmm. And so you're, now you're just wasting everyone's time patting yourself on the back for how right you are to see through this, you know, obvious falsehood when you made up that falsehood. Um, but you know, when you're writing stuff down, you get more time to look it up and, and read your sentence over again and fix it. And as somebody who can't talk talk good most of the time, I'm very sympathetic to the fact that he might have misspoken on a couple of things. So, <sighs> so that that was a whole thing that happened. You'll hear more about the nitty gritty details on the next Mind Killer episode because I'm going to put it in there. <laughs> if David or Wes doesn't, we're we're definitely going to mention it. Cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. It's big news. It, it would hurt the community if we learned that Peter Singer was in fact torturing children in his basement you know like wait but would it i i think that because he he's an actual icon of the community i mean sbf kind of was not to the singer level but he was a lot of the money driving the community forward and that's that's fair maybe i you know he mostly set off my radar like i did hear him on sam harris's podcast narvi was on there in the last few years but i only remember that he was on there because harris opened up his most recent episode mentioning the crash and said i had him on the show okay and so like he was peripheral to my attention, but he wasn't somebody that maybe maybe he was this for other people though. Where it's like this, is where I heard about you know I can do good better, mm-hmm. and I found this person really inspiring. And oh shit, he sucks. Mm-hmm. Like that actually is a drag, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. But you know, we'll see how it shakes out. Hope it doesn't set things back too bad. Yeah, I don't really approve of like 
movement effective altruism. Why is that? Just because I think it's got a lot of the uh, politics and power dynamics that a lot of movements that start with good principles end up developing approximately immediately. But can you say what those are? Because I don't know what those are. Um, I can't remember any examples offhand, but um, but like I mean, an I don't exam- need an example. An example would be like a rich asshole rocketing to celebrity because he started throwing a bunch of money around. Mm-hmm. Uh, just more like banally, I guess. Um, people in EA, in movement EA tend to be big fans of Rob Wiblin. I find him a like I kind of like eighty thousand hours, but I find Rob Wiblin himself to be like a fairly uninteresting thinker. He's a good interviewer, but like his contributions to his interviews are like not really much. And being a charismatic popularizer is important. Yeah, too. I mean that's more of a like I really don't get the hype, and I think it's just that like. He's probably some sort of influential behind the scenes. Uh, or maybe, I don't know, he just has a really good Twitter game or something. Um, so wait, you you dislike EA because it has people that are popular, even though they aren't the smartest people? The smartest people, the people doing the best work, you know, whatever. Um, but, but again, that's movement effective altruism. I'm more on board with, like, the principles. Mm-hmm. But principles without a movement is... Uh, <laughs> as paul would say uh faith without works is meaningless like so i principles without a movement does nothing so one of my big takeaways from virtue ethics that's really like helped me as a person just psychologically is and this is the like virtue ethics is more about being a good person than about doing good things sort of thing virtue is about you and your struggle and your journey Mm -hmm. not about saving the world with the theory being that like if the world is populated by virtuous people focusing on their own personal virtue then it will be saved you know uh and so so that's like uh, in that sense like i see effective altruism as being uh something that a virtue should track namely prudence but uh i want to agree so with like you, when oh. i donate money i try to donate it effectively mm-hmm. and i try to donate more than i think i should just like running my basic money allocation software i do think that there's some individual projects like give well trying to identify what those effective charities are that are useful just because of basic economies of scale. But all that is to say, I think there's fairly significant risk that this does do some serious damage to movement-effective altruism. I'm just not entirely convinced that that'll be a bad thing on net. I want to both agree and disagree with you on the virtuousness thing, because I do think everyone should cultivate virtues in themselves, as we talked about in our virtue ethics podcast but this was a thing that occurred to me while i was going to various cathedrals uh in london there's all these statues of people who did great things uh for their community and the thing is when you're a peasant in england oftentimes you 
don't have much opportunity to do much of anything. Most people aren't in the best health, either physically or mentally. They don't have all the resources. They're just trying to get by. And that's what virtue ethics is trying to help you with. But there's some people who are lucky that were born into wealth or born with extraordinarily healthy bodies or extraordinarily good mental focus and got lucky with the interest lottery and are interested in things like cell biology, which are going to help the human race. And it is virtuous for them to use those extra gifts to advance humankind or advance their community. And I think it's kind of right for them to be honored, even though that they just got lucky by having good genes and access to resources, but they still did a good thing that helped everyone out. And it's nice to commemorate them and to be thankful that these people were around to make communities better. And so I think if I you're agree. in that if you're in that part of your life, um, which more and more people can be nowadays because our society is so rich, you should be cultivating the virtue of helping people if you can and as effectively as you can. So I agree that we should celebrate people like that, but, and I'm not sure how much of this is me generalizing from fictional evidence, I imagine the people who get statues made of them, like, I don't know enough about saints and sainthood to say, but like the, the say, soldiers who win the Medal of Honor, they're not the ones who are in boot camp saying like, I'm going to go out there and be a hero and win the Medal of Honor and uh, be like super famous and everyone's going to talk about me. They're the people who are like, I'm just going to do my job and do it as well as I can and uh just like try to make sure that me and my buddies get home safe and we complete our mission and next thing you know you're like fighting off 200 german soldiers in a broken um in a broken tank turret with nothing but a heavy machine gun a bunch of grenades and two giant brass balls um, sure, that's the case sometimes, but you said that you like to donate even a little more than you thought you should to things that you think are effective, like AMF. Like, sure, why but, does AMF exist? It's sure. because of people doing this, making it exist. Sure, but I don't think I'm saving the world by doing that. I think it's a, I think it's a good thing for me to do mm -hmm. for like because it helps me develop skills and mental habits that are good to have do you think it's a good thing for amf to exist because yes. if they didn't you'd have to give your money to the local church which is far less effective right yes i i think it's a good thing for it to exist but i think if you are a worker for not amf specifically because they have like a fairly narrow mandate but like uh oh. give well say for listeners amf is the against malaria foundation yes uh, if you're a worker for GiveWell, say, like your job is, I think you will be a better GiveWell researcher if you show up to work saying, I, I want to be the best researcher I can be and do really good research mm -hmm. than you will if you go into work daydreaming about being a hero who's saving the world. All right. So having met a bunch of EA people who got into EA to help save the world personally, that's what you just described as approximately 100% of people. It's just people who want to help. And they're like, how can I help? I know how okay. to do data science or I know how to do this and this. And so is there a company? Out th there is. There's a give well. I will work for them. Like it's 
that is movement EA. It, it's people who just want to help the world and who have some skills. And so they sign up to work for uh, GiveWell or AMF or some other place like that. Yeah. Maybe, I guess movement EA might not be the best way to describe what I'm uh, getting at. Like maybe EA influencers would be better. Okay. Um, Like there is a subset of people who self-describe as EAs and who talk about it a lot that are like self-aggrandizing and not particularly good at being people. <laughs> well, it sounds like SBF was one of those. Are also yeah, and that's the point I'm making. Yeah. Um but people like SBF so, I think are yeah. the whatever, distinct whatever, minority. Whatever label you want to attach to those people like Imagine I said that instead of movement EA if you think of something else when you think of movement. Okay. So you think self-aggrandizing sociopaths suck? Yes. And I agree with you. That has okay. nothing to do with EA aside from they have as many of those as any other organization does. I, I just wanted to say that like, you know, like you said with virtue ethics, you know, the idea is that if everyone tries to f- focus some of their, their attention on being a virtuous person and cultivating a virtuous life, then the world will be saved through that. Some portion of their time will be spent talking to people who aren't yet virtue ethicists about why they might think about considering it right mm-hmm. yeah like so I th- I th- that's what I, when i think of community ea that's what i think of and so i just wanted to get that out before you said specifically the celebrities and yet you know the influencers like i will mccaskill have to fuck up seriously bad for me to be like oh yeah he turns out he did a net negative right and not like an utilitarian talk of you know ut- utilities and whatever but like his actual impact was bad same like peter singer mm-hmm. like the that guy might have single-handedly led the charge that has reduced the suffering of animals of billions of animals on the planet right and mm-hmm. sure it took like 40 years but it's it's entirely possible that without him it's not to take another 80 right mm-hmm. like so you know i think i think that the titans in in different fields of whatever i think they, they can have a lot of value you run the risk of them you know fumbling really hard or having been an asshole secretly the whole time mm-hmm. right so you know be careful with it and i was gonna say you know if there was like a a virtue champion that was out there talking about how awesome that was and going on book tours on their new virtue book that'd be great <laughs> and then if they were secretly an asshole that would suck and yet they wouldn't secretly be an asshole because they're a virtue ethicist so if they, if they were actually eating their own kool-aid there's no way that they could go that they could uh you know, end up being a bad person, like the way that a, utilit- a utilitarian might uh, go a little too far into robot territory and become a bad person, right? No, I think there's just as many sociopaths in virtue ethicism as, and that are virtue um, ethicists believe in virtue ethics as uh, any other system. I'm prepared to, I'm prepared to guess that somebody's going to say, no, there aren't. By definition, they can't really be, and they'll no, tr- they'll no true Scotsman that. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, you know, yeah, sociopaths yeah. will neatly chameleon into any sort of moral system that they think will get them ahead. I disagree with the hypothetical person you were suggesting exists. I think it is possible to have sociopaths whose sociopathy manifests in them talking about virtue ethics. But not being a virtuous person. uh, Okay, sure. (laughs) But... No, I I, I didn't mean to interrupt. And I feel like we are getting kind of far afield. And I was more having fun Um, with that example than, like, seriously gearing up a, a hill to die on yeah i think that and i recognize the self-criticism in this as someone who talks about virtue ethics a lot i think 
a good virtue ethicist should be suspicious of anyone who talks too much about virtue ethics, <laughs> uh, specifically to avoid that dynamic. And I think one of the big benefits of virtue ethics is that when the sociopathy comes to light, there aren't as many easy defenses as like, I made a positive expected value bet and happened to lose. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, because yeah. that's the thing is you can be a sociopath, like, you know, the the absurdist argument of like, well, the doctor who sacrifices one homeless person to save five people, like, that's per- not an absurdist argument. There are utilitarians who take that example very seriously, but go on. There are people who take their religion so seriously to blow themselves up. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I guess I would say like there what the thing is, is that just like the people who blow themselves up for God, there actually is a way to interpret the the letter of the of the of the written word that leads them to that conclusion, but it's not the way that they probably should. David, you uh, ask like the, you act like there's no virtue ethicist that would not sacrifice a homeless man to save five other people. They would sacrifice only the They're... only the right amount of homeless people, not too many, yeah. not too little, right? <laughs> right. And they will only only spend the right amount of time advocating for virtue ethics, ethics. right? Yeah, and for sacrificing homeless people, right? There's certainly some way you can be like, this is the most virtuous thing to do. Given the virtues. I mean, sure. Okay, well. But, like, that would be getting too far afield, and I, I'm i tired. Uh, listeners, I, I started recording this after, like, an hour of downtime, after a nine-hour drive across the most mind-numbing part of America to drive across. So sorry if I'm not quite firing on all cylinders right now. I still want to get my psychedelic experience of driving across Kansas alone and sober. <laughs> Apparently, this is just a crazy thing. Yeah. You were going to do it without an hour of downtime. Total champion here. I, I don't have the... It's a 40-minute drive for me, and I get tired, so I'll never complain mm. again. <laughs> uh, two other quick things about it. A lot of uh, EA people are going through the thing right now where they're being very self-flagellating and saying... How could we not have seen this? We should have seen this. How have we... Let's examine how we failed. And uh, as has been pointed out uh, at least a couple times, there was a major capital company. um, What was it? Solarium? Solaris? Something like that. Whose job is to do due diligence and see if things are scams or not. And they invested millions of dollars in this. So if a major investment firm is going to get scammed by this, you're probably not going to do a better job. Stop beating yourself up and... As was said from in this tweet, um, EAs have a God complex, and I think that part is true because one of the things that we all, I guess, admit in EA, even though it's not the healthiest thing, as we also all admit, is that uh, as Harry Potter James Evans Varus said, when you can't do the right thing unless you become God, the correct answer is to become God. <laughs> and so there is a bit of a God complex, but we're not God, and we can't beat ourselves up for not being God. So don't do that. And uh, the other thing is a number of people are thinking like, should I return all the money that I got from SBF and FTX's future fund to make whole the people have, that have been fucked by this? And in addition to it being only the tiniest drop in the bucket, um, Eliezer posted a essay about, no, you shouldn't, especially not if you've already spent the money, especially not if it's for something that you've already done. And uh, most likely not if it's up for something you're still going to do. Because more than anything else, you were being paid to do a job. And that job is a philanthropic job. But you're already taking a more risky career in philanthropy. You're already taking a wage cut uh, to work in philanthropy. And 
there is no other industry that is going to be returning some of the money FTX sent them. There's a stadium in Florida who sold the rights to name their uh, stadium to FTX, and they sure are not going to be returning money, at least not a decent portion of that money. They're keeping it, even though it was gotten through this illegal bullshit. Uh, There's the electric utility that gave electricity to FTX, and part of that was to cover costs, and part of that was profit, and they're not going to return the profit for that electricity to to the FTX account holders who have been robbed. Like, it's just... That, that's not a thing you do, and everyone thinks that if you work in philanthropy, you should be a complete martyr and destroy yourself, and you are not accountable for this, is basically uh, the gist of the essay. I think I agree with him, and I'm going to link the essay as well. I would encourage the utilitarians to keep beating themselves up, <laughs> because watching utilitarians beat themselves up for dumb reasons give me, gives me infinite utility, <laughs> and I'm probably lying about that, but do you really want to take that chance? I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> That's awesome. The, yes, I realize that Pascal's wager is dumb, and it's the first thing that all utilitarians throw out the window. I make fun of you because I love you. Fist hmm. bump. Um, I don't really love you. You're fine. Jesus. You're like eight stop out, digging. Eight stop out of digging. 10. So the only the only person who I think should be wringing their hands, wondering do I do I burn everything to try and make these people whole again is SBF himself. Oh, he's probably going to jail. Well, I know, but like this, it doesn't strike me as impossible, and this actually is a sort of fun thing to consider. Let's say that after all the the dust settles, he's left with a you know a mere twenty five billion dollars. I don't know how much, let's say he robbed people of a total of $10 billion. If he could liquidate everything and pay them back, he could, right? He could, he could fix all the problem. You know, he, he could at least, he could, he could make right the, he could fill the bank accounts that he emptied, right? Uh, no, I think right now all he has is the few hard assets, like his house in the Bahamas oh. and some cars and shit. I was going to say hypothetically, uh, then, then the fun trade-off would be like, should he do that? Or should he give $10, million, $10 billion in cash to effective, effective charities? I mean, obviously he should... Not only, obviously, uh, the law would compel him to first uh, make whole all the people that got would, stolen would, from. Would the Bahamas law compel him to if he stayed out of off, offshore? Actually, yes. Oh, lame. He should go to a, a cooler place, let him do whatever he wants. <laughs> like if, North if, Korea. If you're, if you're going to be a criminal, who, a financial criminal, get buy your summer house in a, uh, in a country that will let you get away with whatever you want, right? I mean, I heard, all the assets have I heard been Iran has some lovely real estate. <laughs> <laughs> all the assets have already been frozen, but yeah, there's... There's no way people are making all the money back. It's just, it's not there. That's I, I appreciate the impulse of people who want to be like, well, what can I do to help the people who got fucked over? Yeah. And yet, like, when, insert giant bank, whatever, get you know, fucks up and whatever, everyone loses, you know, a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Like, the employees who work for that bank aren't like, well, should I sacrifice my retirement to make those people whole again? Yeah. Like, it's just not your problem. Yeah. Like, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, something will happen to help make things right for these people. But... Like it's not maybe I'm a bad effective altruist or bad utilitarian, but like it's I'm I'm totally capable of saying it's not your problem, man. You don't have nearly enough guilt, Stephen. I you know that's I don't have enough anything. I don't have enough. <laughs> that could be like the subtitle of my autobiography. Nice. Yeah. So uh, I guess get that's all of that. If we're done with that, which went on a lot longer than it was supposed to for a pre-show thing, this well, might just be the meat of the show. I, I guess at this point, it's probably the meat of the show, but it does transition neatly into a subject that we can spend a little time on because. One of the things that you said that people were wondering is like, where did we go wrong? You know, what can we do to...